Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode, well, 300 with a question mark, maybe, of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Sophia, Chief Archivist at Lave Station, and joining me in the orange Sidewinder bar, or rather, on this rather bizarre um, virtual LaveCon, we have our Chief of uh, Health and Safety, that is uh, <laughs> Ben Mosswoodwood, Commander Edlerweiss. Yeah, hello everybody and welcome to my bedroom. That's something we never wanted to ever hear, to be honest. I cleaned up for everyone. Okay. <laughs> Commander Shan, our Inhuman Resources Director. Hello. We also seem to be invaded by a youngster. Commander Souverine, our Deputy Trade Attaché. Can you hear me now? We can hear you now. All right, okay. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> hello. Um, yes, I uh, I have hair, so that's remarkable, I guess. Yeah, I took most of mine off, as people uh, can probably tell. Yeah, I'm just hiding mine. <laughs> most people seem to have, at some point, gone for the, the, the pandemic buzz cut, but I didn't go for that route. I've not either, Sue, don't worry. You've gone for the Clark Kent quiff, haven't you? <laughs> that's just what it. That's just what it does. It's enormous, it's voluminous. We don't want to know that. Sam. <laughs> We're still talking about Souverine's hair here. <laughs> I'd moved on. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's when you begin to look like the ghost of Rock Pass that you think, no, it's got to go. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my excuse. Well, as you can see, we are not in-game. We are hanging out here at Virtual LaveCon. Um, obviously, COVID-19 struck, and we have to say a big thanks to um, to Alan, um, to Grant, <laughs> and to Karen. Karen, to Norman, to Moose. Everybody. <laughs> Sorry, it, it's sort of it's Brain the fact parts. that Suzerine looks so young has put made me feel so old. The senior moments have started to kick in. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, well, we'll move on. We'll just quickly uh, go around everybody, see what the catch up with them um, since um, our our gank fest of the CMs on on Tuesday. Uh, so, uh, Shan. I've been doing pretty well, actually, getting ready to uh, go away uh, on tomorrow to anywhere that's open. So I'm, I'll be enjoying restaurants and hotels while they're still open. And uh, <laughs> yes, I'm basically chilled, really. been enjoying virtual LaveCon. Uh, it's been different. I, I, it's been different. I kind of missed some things and some things have been better. So yeah, it's been interesting. Cool. Um, ben? Yeah, I've been, you know, like Shan's, I've been joining in on this, these weird Zoom calls basically since Friday night, um, and I've been partaking in that with, and then taking breaks when my son calls me to go off and play Roblox or Minecraft and things like that. Um, I tried to take part in the Buckyball thing this morning uh, before the streamers panel, and I... Yeah, I, I got myself at Lave Station. I put myself into my crate just because that's the ship I was in. And then I, I went off and did the circuit. And then I found out I hadn't actually pressed the record button on my on my on OBS. So a rookie mistake to make then. Rookie mistake. I can. There was. I had some beautiful landings. 
Mm-hmm. I had some atrocious landings. Mm-hmm. I had some looper shames. I had some pad blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did manage to do it in under one hour, which Alec is. Alec, apparently, people are asking why did Alec include the one the hours column for his for the buckyball racing thing, and I think he actually he included it for us. But I am pleased to say that even though none of my stuff was recorded. I will try and get in to do it later, but I was under an hour of that attempt, despite all those mishaps. Um, yeah, that's most. Uh, and then it's been basically talking to everybody on on Zoom, playing games, having fun. Cool, um, Commander Souverine, Is that a Sag Eye T-shirt? Yes. I see there. Represent. Yes. <laughs> and I've got a disambiguation badge as well. Um, cool. So yes, uh, no, I've been good. Uh, what have I been doing? Uh, I have been absent from Lave Radio for a few weeks because um, the Suvet and I have decided to move house. Um, something about being cooped up to full-size human beings in a very small shoebox in South London um, does get the uh, the feet itching slightly for uh, for a move. So we've um, uh, and and we've been we've been viewing places in um, in earnest, um, and um, and that's meant lots of evenings and weekends tramping about. Um, Peckham and Dulwich and Nunhead looking at flats. Um, and um, and my preference is for a little cottage by the sea. Uh, the Suvet's preference is for a uh, a two-bed flat with a with a garden in, in South London. Um, so naturally, we're compromising by viewing lots and lots of two-bed flats with gardens in South London. Um, and how many and- castles will that cost you? <laughs> uh, it will, yeah, it, it will cost lots of lots of castles um but um but it's probably necessary because at the moment we're in a in a one bed as you can see as you can no doubt see behind me um one one thing that is fascinating me and i've been asking everyone is what are the books on your shelf sue because we've asked colin colin's got books behind him and we think colin's books are the fake books you see in ikea Uh, (laughs) (laughs) right Uh, hang on then hang on if i can show you the books on the on the shelf. I'll let Colin do it first, actually. Here we have it, just to prove it. Straight taken off the bookshelf. One uh, one wonderful EDR. Yeah, but PG. Colin, we didn't choose the book. We um, didn't choose one, the book, Colin. Uh, I'm in the mirror universe. No wonder I've got a beard. We didn't choose the book, Colin. You could have placed that book there just to prove they're, fa- they're not fake books. So I think we should pick out the book next to the one that says Kitchen. Kitchen. That's, no, no, because that's a Nigella Lawson one. I can just about see the word Nigella. What's the one on the? Um, what's the one immediately below the one that says kitchen? It's got. It's well below. It's, it's kind of. All oh, right, hang on. So that's the vegetarian one. kitchen. Okay, I can't believe this. Okay. <laughs> Real books confirmed. <laughs> Real books confirmed. <laughs> yes. You can. You can tell that my my wife and my daughter do a lot of baking. Uh, they do an awful lot of baking. And I do the washing up. So is it your Mary Berry book then, Colin? No. God's truth, no. Just give me a McDonald's every day. But he does have a soggy box. <sighs> oh, I can't be even bothered putting that back now. It's too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I too have my cookbook. And it's probably mirrored. <laughs> Student grub. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> my cookbook too. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, fine. Anyway, so Colin, what have you been up to? You've been having a fun time. 
Uh, yeah, um, unfortunately, one of the reasons I haven't been around at, at, at Virtual Livecom so far is that our boiler exploded. <laughs> oh. There was a hissing sound on Friday, uh, Friday evening, and then before I know it, there was water everywhere. So um, we've had to basically be without hot water for well since Friday afternoon, and it'll be Tuesday at the earliest before we can get it fixed. So. Yeah, I'm not sure your investigations have reached the correct conclusion, Colin, because by what the time what you just said, the hissing sound was the Xeno burning in the crawl spaces above your house. <laughs> it then nicked a core, and its blood then seeped into the boiler system, which has then caused a overload in the heat exchanges. So basically, you've got 24 hours to get off the uh, off your house before it explodes. Oh, okay. Fair enough then. Well, we'll just leave <laughs> well, the Zeno Bunny yet again. Uh, haven't, haven't you got something to show us on that respect, Colin? Um, I think I'll leave that for the moment. <laughs> I think something like that needs to be handled with care. <laughs> so, uh, first thing that I wanted to um, to touch on is obviously, you know, it's been a year. Um, this time last year, we'd we just really had. Um, the announcement, well, the the release where we uh, got flying around the, um, uh, the the new training area, uh, and it's and it's been a year. So I just wanted everybody's thoughts on what's been happening in the last year. Do you think it's been a successful one for Elite Dangerous or not? So we'll we'll start with Mister Optimistic Commander Shan. Has it been? I think it's been an all right year. Um, I think the community has made this year rather than anything new that arrived. I think if it hadn't been for the strength and the inventiveness of the elite community, the content drought would have had a more significant impact than it has. Yeah, I, I think it, I cannot argue with that at all. Um, yes, certainly... The content drought has caused problems, especially when Galnet went silent at uh, Christmas. But um, Ben, what did you think? Obviously, agreeing with Shan there, I think, I mean, the, the stuff that the community is doing just now is amazing. Um, I think it's a good time to be glad that we're not paying a monthly subscription for Elite Dangerous. Oh, completely true. Um, it's still, it's the past year has been, it has had some very fun moments for me. Um, you know, because of the past year, we've we've had, we've had Distant Worlds too, but that's a community thing. Mm-hmm. We've had the the current AXI thing again, community. Uh, we've got Elite Weeks, Dark Turning the Wheel again, community. But in terms of stuff that Frontier have made, I mean, the interstellar initiatives were good until they ended. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> It, it's just sort of, I think since Christmas, there's it's been difficult. I think we're all least. we're all starving for content. Yeah. Um, In terms of highlights for me, I think one of my highlights the last year was the live stream we did with Stephen and Frontier with the um, the rare good interception, <laughs> the Lavian brandy. I thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> creating havoc there. And it was, uh, of course, it, it gave birth to the fish dance as well. So that was the other plus. It did. Yes. Yeah. We, we definitely need more fish dance. So, Vereen, what's your thoughts? Uh, I think, uh, I don't think you can 
the the year splits quite neatly into two. Um, so the in terms of how the last year has been for Elite, I think the I think um, problem with Elite is that we were we were trained early on to expect a certain um, frequency of updates and, and pace of development, um, and also a certain level of sort of dev um, uh, kind of drive behind the narrative and stuff. Um, and um, and the story of elite development has been gradually sort of slackening that pace since about 2017. So so the Beyond series was was perceived by quite a few people to be a, a bit of a letdown after Horizons. And then 2019 was perceived to be a, quite a big letdown after Beyond. Um, but actually viewed from June 2020, 2019 was bloody brilliant. We had interstellar initiatives. We had... Um, we had ongoing narrative, um, loads going on. Every time you logged in, there were normally new new things to get involved with. Um, so I think that, uh, and actually, I think w- w- with all the discussions that we had about narrative a few months ago, um, I think my opinion is that 2019's Interstellar Initiatives were amongst the best bits of storytelling that the game has seen. Um, I think the, the the two best bits of, of narrative that Elite has had as, as, as were the um, the kind of, games mastering that people like Michael Brooks did in the early days with CGs that that sort of dynamically um, evolved depending on what players did. And then the Interstellar Initiatives, which were strung together narratives across across many months. Um, and um, it may have seemed like constant content paucity at the time, but viewed from today, that seemed like that seemed really, really good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas uh, so actually I, I think 2019 was actually quite a good year for Elite um, in terms of in terms of storytelling and, and um, narrative drive. Um, and um uh and twenty twenty so far has been um has been a different box of badges because there's been nothing to do in the live game at all, and yet you know lots and lots of lots of exciting things in the future um fleet carriers is i think a really necessary thing and seems to have energized the player base a lot, and we've seen higher player numbers than i think ever before because of it um and uh, I think fleet carriers are great uh, they they pers- haven't caused me to be logging on. More frequently, um, but um, but I think they're good for the game, and um, and it is it is difficult to dismiss Elite as stale when they're about to uh, when they're about to give everybody space legs. So um, so yeah, it's, it, to wrap up, I think it's been quite. A, I think it's been a changeable year. There's loads of different facets to it. Um, I don't think it's easy to just dismiss it as either good or bad. But do you <laughs> think, Sue? Do you think that? people who've got out what they put in, if you see what I mean, because instead of relying on Frontier for their content, if you make the effort, you've been rewarded for that effort. Would you say that's true? I don't know. That's, that sounds like that sounds like something you say in a job interview, not something not something that you say about a video game. Um, I'm not sure that people's I'm not sure that that enjoying a game should be a should be a case of have I worked hard enough at it this week. Um, I think twenty twenty, which is very much Let's build sandcastles because we've got absolutely bugger else, else else to do. And and turning the wheel and stuff, you know, things like that are, are great initiatives. But they they really are, you know, making our own fun because um, because the content taps have been turned off. And I uh, I don't think that I mean fleet carriers are kind of the the epitome of the thing that's put in for for, for content vultures to to grind for. So saying that that kind of player has been neg- neglected is or or hasn't got the hasn't got any enjoyment out of this year isn't correct because they clearly have. Um uh I think yeah, I mean I mean it's what what you mean is w- with the lack of 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 kind of narrative drive from frontier the players have had to 
make their own fun. And some, some of them have been doing, yeah. I yeah, guess where I'm going well, from... As Bitstorm has has mentioned in the chat room, he sort of says he gets the impression that Frontier is saying, "Right, entertain yourselves. Uh, we got work to do." Yeah, that's what I was I was getting. I think because we spoke many months ago about the cardboard box and how the, often the most fun thing you can give a kid is a cardboard box, and I'm just wondering whether this past year has been Frontier given us the cardboard box, and it's been down to us to make the use of it. I'm just thinking. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there is things to do in the, if you if you go looking. Um, the one thing that uh, has surprised me, though, as soon as fleet carriers came out, um, the indications of the number of players just shot up through uh, through the roof. Yeah. Uh, with Steam charts reporting more players playing Elite than ever before, which that. That surprised me, and I know it surprised a lot of the doomsayers on the forums. I mean, what do you? I mean, was that the solution? Put in a big ticket item that everybody wanted. Being a bit naughty, you could suggest well, maybe more players are playing on Steam rather than through the launcher. So the proportion of Steam to launcher players has changed. Being mischievous, yeah, just being mischievous. But there's at least ten thousand carriers out there now. <laughs> Well, that's or, that's that's ten thousand people who've mined low temperature diamonds for a week, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, is that yeah. is that ten thousand figure? Uh, uh, is that from Frontier? Is that a stat? No, that that's um, the only people who have registered it on Anara. Right. Okay. Yeah. It, it's um, interesting that, that you know, in terms of concurrent players, it's the highest numbers ever, and sort of fourteen thousand a day and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but um, I'd be interested to know how many of those concurrent players bought the fleet carrier because it would be really interesting if we saw really really high player numbers but only like a quarter or a third of those had actually bought a fleet carrier yeah well unfortunately we will not have access to that data we can only speculate which is always a bit of fun which is what we we always do do anyway yeah it's what we always do so (laughs) um well moving on from there obviously there's been a newsletter um mostly it's just one of the things they highlighted in the newsletter has been um (laughs) <laughs> what we're doing now um, and also the fact that we shot a lot of um, CMs on last Tuesday's show. Did you did you find that therapeutic, by the way, Ben? I wouldn't say I found it therapeutic, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'd... it was It was lovely. To be honest, it was just lovely shooting the shit with, uh, with Tim and Bruce as well. well. It wasn't Tim, it was Arthur. Was well, sorry, Arthur and Bruce. Yes, sorry. It was Arthur and Bruce we had, yeah. which um, <laughs> uh, which is turning out to be an absolute nightmare to edit. Don't worry, it's still in production. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will, I will have it ready soon. I think Grad could have predicted that one. <laughs> you think why good ideas. To be honest, <laughs> there's, there's some really um, tragic news that I got a message from Norman this morning. Going, That's uh, episode 288. It's like, no, 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 no. Oh, no. I didn't edit it because I wasn't going to edit it. I didn't edit it because Colin wanted to edit the CQC into uh, a nice a montage. montage uh, mm-hmm. And therefore, so um, you might want to drop. Um, Norman, what's, a message and you can done? chop the. He's done a full edit, so I don't know whether or not he's just cut the gaps out and stuff and, and tidied it up, chopped oh, an end God, of it. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Hopefully, oh, not Norman. too much. We're just like Frontier, left hand not talking to the but, right hand. Well, no, it's not that at all, because Norman is obviously, he's one of our um, our yes. backup techs, and he is uh, an amazingly um, passionate and 
enthusiastic awesome. assistant and uh, he's just I think watching all this going on and he is trying his best to get involved and to help where he can and what he sees is the editing is a, is a big task and if he can take that off and he's been trying to get the content from yesterday edited but I'm like no no you got to wait because if you take the feed from there it's not going to be as good as it is from me but I've got to run a thing on it first and then I can pass it to you then you can edit those and if you do the audio editing that's great and I'll do the video editing and then we've got a team working on it and nobody gets so overwhelmed and that's the plan but when you heard it he goes I've got that edited for you I was like no no I said don't no I mean it's amazing you have but no because it was uh, it's not me that's holding it back it's it's one of them again it's one of them lot you know Norman and thank I thank you for we showing initiative done. Norman we get things done, but um, yeah. So thank you, Norman, very much. And and we were, um, he was uh, instrumental in helping us on Friday night getting the other stream running as well to give you the instructions of how to get involved this weekend. So Norman is a huge asset to us. And even though he doesn't like to come on and and say hello, he should be here. And you know, one of these years we're going to get him down to LaveCon so that he can be part of the the huge uh, experience that LaveCon is because it's second to none. It is. Um, uh, going back to the the you know the community um, aspects, which has been kept keeping Elite Dangerous going, um, we've been asked to mention the Anti Xeno Initiatives um, Blood Paint CG that's happening at the moment, because um, <laughs> apparently it's awesome. Uh, I haven't managed to because I've been actually, awesome. I have been mining LTDs when I really ought to. Uh, get back down there and start shooting some some bugs. Is that where your rabbit is, Colin? Is it fleeing from the Antizena initiative? Um, yes, Shan, it obviously is. Will not leave the poor. You'll not leave my poor bunny alone. That's the problem with you. So I'm, I'm molesting your bunny, am I? Yeah, well, <laughs> considering he's got his fly strike coming along, I'm probably going to be molesting him as well. Anyway, <laughs> moving rapidly on. We um we've had a couple of um replies to our little um a couple of weeks ago we had a, a, a little observation where we thought, oh, that'd be funny if when your ship died, um you lost all engineered modules. And then we thought that's a really good idea, but can you imagine the salt in the forums? So we asked that question. Um <laughs> Which was, uh, what do you think would be good for the game, but the community would generate a, a Everest amount of salt? And um, yes, we've had quite a few comments on this one. So I thought I'd run these suggestions past you all. Uh, let you know, I would like to know what you think of them. And on a, on a scale of uh, molehill to Everest, <laughs> how much salt do you think we would generate? So um, the first suggestion is, um, how about when you die, you lose all your mats, just like your cargo? Well, we do keep them in our, our pockets of holding. So what happens after that? After that, I have no idea. I like that building on that idea, though. You know how some other games you you have your great grave that you can go back to. Oh yes. Yeah. I'm wondering what about the idea of a corpse run. Yeah, you fly uh, back to your ship. Surely it'd be a black box you'd be looking for with all your data and stuff on. And uh, well, it'll be your data, but also your also potentially your car, most of your cargo, most of your maps, and you'd fly back 
Frontier could be evil and have it as a public waypoint, or they could be nice and make it only yours. Yeah, so yeah losing your mats would be a K2 level of salt. What would K2 level of salt, yeah. What would raise it to Everest level would be if other people could scoop them up. <laughs> oh, oh, that would be great. I would yeah. love that. <laughs> or, or, Nats, just, Nats or just whoever is... kills you gets all of your stuff. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Nat's Ooh. right, though, is saying... Call the, the has my stuff ad update. Okay, what? what's the name of the mountain on Mars that's that's absolutely huge? Olympus, Olympus. Mons. Olympus Mons, isn't it? Olympus Mons. I yeah. think that's an Olympus Mons level assault, that one. <laughs> it's out of this world. Okay, we'll move on to the next one quickly. Before oh. you go on to that one, can I just give a quick shout-out? Sorry, just program stuff. Um, Stephen Usher... Why am I telling people to go away? Dark is fine. Stephen Usher is about <laughs> to start his stream if you want to go and catch him. And you think he's playing Exile on the BBC Master. Uh, you can catch that on twitch.tv forward slash Stephen underscore Usher. And then you can get us uh, idiots off your screen and you can watch something <laughs> possibly entertaining. Otherwise, stay here. It's fine. Well, don't mind. Oh, Jack Little has just put something fantastic on the on the uh, on the. F- on the chat um no <laughs> this is the thing this would i know this would kill the game but um when you die you actually just spawn in a pod you can't play the game again until someone's found that pod and taken it to a station <laughs> you're back to the plot of aliens again now colin aren't you <laughs> and if they choose to blow up the pod then you spawn again <laughs> in another pod <laughs> no that's what that's what iron man mode is <laughs> you go oh, back to the God. death screen so hang on if you blow the pod and you spawn another pod would it be possible to like um, football players across the galaxy and system like <laughs> blowing pods up and as they move you could kind of like see because I can guarantee if you did that someone would try and get a dead player to sag A from the bubble <laughs> by shooting the pods as it went along well that someone would be you Shan as if <laughs> Or, doing or, the shooting. In the pod would be Ben and Colin, I think, and then I would be doing the shooting again. Yeah. <laughs> Colin, or, do you really want worse. to get into a pod with me? No, of course. Of course. Anyway, um, just imagine like R2-D2 this. like R2-D2 and C-3PO, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but which one's which? <laughs> anyway, um, thinking about this, I mean, it, this <laughs> you said only when you've got back to a station. Now, that means, technically, you could scoop someone's pod, fly to Sajay, and then dump them in Sajay. <laughs> oh, yeah, or, definitely. Yes, I like that idea. <laughs> it has the Shan approval. Okay, next one. We have NPC Cruise. Now, this, of course, is Shan's speciality. Um, you undock without any crew. You travel 22,000 light years, yet your crew is still with you. Surely there should be some kind of travel timeline as if you summon your ship. What do you reckon of that one? I'm not sure I like that one, actually. Because You're not supposed to like it. <laughs> no, 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 no. no the, reason, my, the reason my reasoning is, is that when my crew are inactive, they're sort of in a freezer, you know, like the captain in Dark Star, sort of stuffed <laughs> in a freezer in there, and I then resuscitate them when I need them, so they're with my ship. But then the freezer. And the idea of stuffing a crew member into a freezer appeals. See, I was just picturing my crew members as hanging out on my ship while I'm not using them, rather than just being in a, in a freezer. Yeah, sitting, somehow, in, sitting in the bar, playing pool and things. Somehow, when you mention freezer, I'm just thinking of the fifth element. 
where they shove all those military people into the freezer. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one who's seen that scene. <laughs> I don't remember that scene from Fifth Element. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll find it for you at some point. Mm. Um, how much salt do you reckon that one would cause? I, I reckon just a bit more than a molehill. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Not it's quite a mouth. Yeah, not not too much salt because you'd just sack your crew member and get a new one at the other side, wouldn't you? You do that anyway. Well, I suppose so, yeah. What about when you what about if you're blown up, you uh you rather than respawning, you become your last crew member and your commander name changes to their name. Oh you mean and like your, a and your avatar picture. <laughs> yeah, and your picture changes to their picture as well. Like it would, it would be a small amount of salt, and I think that some some absolute immersion self-flagellants would have, would really like it, but it would still be salt-inducing. I reckon. <laughs> oh, uh, hello, Frontier, who's on the stream? Has to be good now. It's Stephen. <laughs> oh, Stephen remembers that scene, Colin. Oh, does he now? Yeah, that's good. Um, well, here's the next one. Um, how come you're able to work for and climb the ranks on both factions, Empire and? Uh, federation surely you get to a point that you've got to make a choice one side or the other yeah i mean we've been arguing this for years we've been arguing this for five years yeah but the thing is how much level of salt would you think would be generated if that had been put into the game are you including the ships being confiscated okay if the ships were confiscated then yes that um that's quite a line yeah, that turns into a mountain from a molehill. A, a good, a good Alps level mountain, do you think, or are we verging in Himalayas territory? Yeah. I, I, I think we're sort of Ben Nevis here, level, not Alps level. We're talking about Ben Nevis. Well, level. Only Ben Nevis. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think, I think it starts molehill, um, Pennines, Ben Nevis, <laughs> Alps, Himalayas, <laughs> and then Mons Olympus. Mons yeah, Olympus. Yeah. A lot of people are suggesting that. It's not an issue. It's not like that because basically we're mercs, and they're they're not real ranks. It's only honorary, and it's just it's a way of the the faction recognizing us. But even that, so, that, that's true though. I think even I, so, I though you still have non compete clauses, though, wouldn't you? Because why would you hire a mercenary who's been killing your faction? Surely because that would... the, isn't that the definition of a mercenary? Not necessarily, because yeah. I would imagine a mercenary. I would personally, I wouldn't hire someone who had been working for a competitor company only last week, I'd want to give them a certain amount of time. Isn't that what happens in the gaming industry every single day? Well, yeah, exactly. So why are we saying this is any different? Well, no, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, you get people working in any industry, and yeah, I I leave my job at company A, and then I go off and work at company B the next day. Maybe I take a week holiday or something like that, but that's purely personal choice. So would you then have, you could, you, you could only be one or the other. So you could either be a king or an admiral. And as soon as you went to work for the empire, you renounced your admiral rank. And so when you went back, you feel like started again and you had to level your way up again. I would like that idea. I mean, but that's just me personally. Mm. Um, and funny that it actually ties back into uh, the next point. Now, this is probably just specific for me, but in power play factions, they accept you back even though you have betrayed them countless of times in the past. And so, so basically, if I wanted to, I could go and then work for Hudson, and then a couple of months later, then go back to Arisa and say, "Oh yeah, I'll I'll, I'll rejoin. Don't worry." And there's no consequences to that. 
Well, true. there are in the short term. If you if you defect, they send they send. Oh yeah, they send mercs after you in the short term. But yeah. um, I don't know. It just feels like you've crossed us once. Yeah, sure, come back. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it depend on what you participated in? Because if you only um, offer it for the prismatics and you become postman for three weeks, mm. that's a different level of involvement. Being postman for three weeks and it is actually blowing ships up in there. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been merrily murdering your uh, all of your henchmen for the last month to get me some cool new guns. Now I've got them. Can I come back again? <laughs> yeah, it, it just kind of feels a little... Yeah, well, um, it is a standard one, which we've, we've been we've been asking about for quite a while. I mean, if you're caught with illegal contraband while approaching a station, yet you're still allowed to approach and dock at that station... All right, so it's such a weird, imperfect implementation of the stealth mechanic, isn't it? It's so weird that the station can't scan you itself and that you can turn your trans- transponder off and they still let you dock. It's just, it's just weird, just super weird. It is, because it's like, it's like being caught at customs with five kilos of heroin, <laughs> paying, paying the fine, and then they give you the heroin as you come back out of the station <laughs> again. Or being at customs and getting getting to the to the uh, to the passport check thing and just putting a mask on and walking past. <laughs> well, the mask on is probably mandatory these days, but yeah. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I meant like a, a full on like anonymous style. Mm. But yeah, the stealth mechanic in, in Elite with stations is is very strange, very weird. It does work though from a gameplay perspective. It is quite it is quite fun. But the stealth mechanic only lasts until you get to the docking. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's completely irrelevant. <clears throat> um, oh, here's, here's one which I thought was obvious. Um, you can store dozens of ships and hundreds of modules across a range of stations for free. That wouldn't happen in the real world. How much rent do you think they should charge? Depends on size, doesn't it? With me, If, if I was charging people rent, I would, I would notice what are the most commonly used items and then how big are they? And adjust my rent accordingly, I think. Were you just photobombed? This is just how I go to the shops. Even though, you know... I think I've shot would... you in GTA Five. <laughs> Quite possibly. And you've got to say, you've got to say, Sooth, I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually... I don't know how this is even coming across me talking through this thing, but I am amazed that I haven't seen more... Masks looking like Darth Vader's face mask and things like that. Mm, Miss opportunity. Yeah. The, the, the business for um, personalised sort of natty face masks is huge, though. Because, you, you know, yeah, the, go on. The whole relevance of doing this was talking about getting masked up and everything like that just so we could go off and smuggle our goods in. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Ben, you, ben look, you look completely innocent and non-suspicious at all wearing like that. Who wouldn't trust a face like this? I'm not commenting on that. <laughs> you, 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 you actually look a lot like Colin's avatar now. Okay, like eerily so. Yeah, I think we've temporarily lost Colin. Um, so I'll take that off because I can't breathe through the damn thing anyway. Zoom has commandeered my second monitor, so I can't get the uh, I can't get the show notes up. Yeah. Um, oh, the, the, well, yeah. The, the next one would be the change to um, eliminate open and private group and have everywhere solo. Everyone solo, off. Jesus! <laughs> yes, get us offline yes, mode, that. isn't it? Uh, that that would be massively salty, would it? Because don't most people play in solo anyway, so you'd notice a difference. <sighs> Do we have stats for that? 
We don't. Frontier, I'm sure, do, but we don't. I, I would be amazed if most people played in Solo. I don't know. Um, I, 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 I don't would know what hate you it. Played, though, because in terms of hours played, just talking to you guys, do most of you play in private group Solo than you would open play? What's your proportion of time, do you think? Play in uh, open unless I'm doing something like faffing around with a new hot ass or something like that. I'm, I think yeah. for me it depends what I'm doing. Um, if I'm just doing mission running or BGS work and things like that, then open all the way. Um, I would not go to New Baran, for example, in open. Um, partly because of... An aversion to the rebuy screen? Partly because of that, but also partly because... I don't want to be in a mining area with 50 other commanders all trying to get the same rocks. That sounds quite fun, actually. It's not that bad. I mean, that's, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm open all the way. Um, the only times I'm in uh, private groups is for specific uh, content that we're doing in those particular groups. Yeah. Other than that, I'm open all the way and also type 9, no shields. <laughs> Riding dirty. Yeah, oh, yes. Well, everyone just sees Grant's skin and, and just like, I'm not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, related... sorry, apparently sorry, it is completely okay if someone has no shields to, to blow them up without any reason whatsoever. Apparently, that is the law of the land. Whereas I thought, no, get stuffed. I'm flying without shields so I can carry more cargo. If you want to pick a yep. target to rob, none are better than a shieldless Type 9 with a cargo hold full. Just blowing them up is, is actually, you know, that makes no sense. You're not going to make any money off that. And I'm not going to give a crap either. I'm just going to go and start again from where I was. We've just had an update from Colin. Apparently the Xenu Bunny has escaped and is currently charging around, eating more boilers and children and wives and things like that. So we, we have lost a Colin, unfortunately. He's he's on Xeno Zeno Bunny Patrol again. Um, well, the uh, well, as as we mourn Colin for twenty seconds, um, <laughs> the, the the next one on the list was you lose insurance on engineered modules. So so basically, I think this one is in instead of getting your class <clears throat> five engineered FSD back, you get a brand new blank unmodified FSD without the engineering modifications. I'd quit, I reckon. <laughs> I, I would be 100% okay over. with I'm that. Done. Sorry, Steve. I'd on. be 100% okay with that. I, 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 Our engineered modules are supposed to be these specialized things that only engineers can make. How the hell are they 3D printed when we blow our bloody ships up? So you wouldn't mind? You'd be happy with that? I, I've never been a fan of engineering anyway, so I would probably just fly around in an A-rated Condor or whatever I'm in, yeah, and fair. I wouldn't bother with the engineering and there is actually um, there is actually a school of thought that says that engineering and the the, the builds that it enables have kind of broken ruined. the game. Yeah, kind of broken the game. Like, I was talking totally to somebody have. else the other day. I've got a friend who who backed with me back in uh, early 2014, I think, or late 2013, and um, and he stopped playing elite. And the other day, I got him to uh, log in to do a conflict zone, not a conflict zone, a, a res for a while, a has res. And after 15 minutes, he was like, dude, I'm not enjoying this. It's just boring. We're flying around in these godlike ships that have no weaknesses. And, um, and we're, just, we're just knocking down these targets that present zero challenge. And I was like, oh, you know, there are, there are things that present challenge for the late game players. You know, you can go to the Pleiades and you can fight Thargoids and stuff. And he was like, well, yeah, but how much faff is that? And they're miles away. 
Um, and um, and also, they, they require a completely different set of guns. I can't use all this clobber that I've engineered to the max on them, um, which are great points. Like, th there is an argument that the engineering has not been an unmitigated good for late game balance. And um, and actually, if if they were ephemeral things that you lost when your ship was blown up, it would be arguably quite fun for replay replayability, I reckon. Yeah. The only thing Frontier need to do to sort engineering out is remove the ability to boost your power plant. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Because back in the early days, what I used to love about Elite was the power plant was the one thing that limited what you could do with your ship. So the Vulture had big guns, but a poor power plant, so therefore you couldn't stick two class threes on a Vulture. You had to compromise. So I, I think the introduction of the overcharged power plant, I think, was the main cause of that. Yeah, I agree with that. But a lot of people are also saying, especially weapons as well, you know, they also go off and unbalance the game. Yeah, but if you can't yeah, power them... Yeah, Shan's, Shan's point is that you wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to. to well, what about the lo low-powered um, beam lasers and things like that? They're still you, lasers. You'd still need. You'd still. You need. still need a power plant, but you you would have a more efficient one. Yeah, but um, you, you but you also wouldn't be able to have. Okay, so say you say you went with your low-powered lasers. You would if you're going for a full laser build. You'd still need to compromise on things like the shield generator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I, I would rather have them as a temporal thing. So you, you might put it into your buckyball ship, but that's fine. You might put it into your god's conda or whatever you want. But then if you lose it, that's a real loss um, rather than just getting rid of one thing. How uh, about combining it with the loss of materials when you blow up? So not only do you lose engineered modules, you lose the materials to rebuild it again. Nothing bad could come from that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's put it. Let's raise it in terms of of mountain sizes. How much salt would that produce? Do you think? Oh, Mount Olympus. If you combine both of them, I think mm. it would change the game a lot. If you couldn't, um, I was thinking about what I've in, in terms of hours, what I've spent most of my time in the last sort of two years in Elite doing, and it's yeah. probably it's probably engineering ships that are specialised for certain tasks. And I quite like the fact that I now have ships that are engineered for different things and, and optimised for a given thing in the game um and if you if engineer if, en if engineering modules was uh if you lost them when your ship blew up it would basically remove the incentive to to play like that and to build up a state a stable of specialized ships so everybody it would probably mean that everybody just flies around in one ship and just takes each day as it comes a bit more mm, maybe i don't know I don't, I don't know if people like the buckyballers or people doing canyon races would they risk an engineered ship to get the best time are they confident enough in their abilities not to lose it. But so isn't that what racing people do anyway? Don't they risk their lives oh. and their everything? In real life, yes. Yeah, but m m most races in real life are not sort of 95% death rate, whereas <laughs> every single every single canyon race that I've done in Elite Dangerous has been won by whoever didn't die. Yeah, I completely agree with what Psychic's saying over on Twitch, actually, that, and, and I know you, I think you do too, Sham, actually, that engineering maps are definitely the new currency in Elite Dangerous, Credits is nothing. Completely yeah, totally, there. totally agree with that. Yeah. So the next one we have on the list, because we have Open Only Power Play, which was a Sandro suggestion many years ago. Yep. That would not generate salt. That would generate mountains of sugar, giant saccharin <laughs> mountains of the stuff. Agreed. Although there was the argument when this came up that in a way you'd have to decouple the Power Play modules 
from the power play mechanic because that could bring in a potential pay-to-win accusation in terms of the console owners. Yeah, it probably would. I don't know, but I'm not a fan of the weapons being a power play limited thing anyway, so I'm all right with that. I think it would improve the game if that was the case. Um, yeah. I, I think that the, the power play weapons are creative and interesting, and the fact that they're, they're, they're locked behind um, the power play powers has several pernicious effects. One, it means that fewer people can enjoy those things. Two, it means that people can people are incentivized to pledge to powers that they don't want to support just to just to bugger about for a month to get their gubbins. Um so actually if you if you decoupled those two, it would probably have a two beneficial effects right there. Yeah. So I'm I'm just busy agreeing with Psychit and Simmons on on Discord about open only um crossplay obviously and also open only BGS. I don't know how that would work. Like, what would, you know, that would basically mean that you can't dock in solo. Um, you can make it so you, you can dock in solo, but you selling your type 10 full of whatever only works if you, at the very least, if you made it from, I would do it so if you flew from the star to the station and docked in open, then that transaction counts. If you did it from, if you just went into open to sell your stuff and tough, you're you're a scummy cheating so and so, and your your BGS transaction doesn't count. Yeah, I guess it would please the Something BGS like players a lot. The, mm. the, the, the players who who play elite like a strategy game would really enjoy that. And the the next one, so I'm whipping through these because I'm I'm being warned that Karen Hi. will jump in and shepherd crook us off the stage if we run too late. Um, but the, the next one is um, space dredges destroying stations or fleet carriers, which is very Star Trek doomsday machine. But uh, so what do you think about that? If you park your carrier in a certain place and the uh, space dredger decides to enter the system, actually, I'd like that because you get the space dredger to enter into the quadruple hotspot and it would just like munch its <laughs> way <laughs> through fleet carriers. <laughs> just like Pac-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a brilliant idea. I'm pro that. So in terms of salt level, if your fleet carrier full of low temperature diamonds was munched, honestly, I'd do it as the way that you would decommission a fleet carrier, rather than just <laughs> this dredger coming through and saying you're mine now. But yeah, I like the idea in general. Yeah. At least we Kaizen has uh, said something. I think that would be amazing for the game, but generate a mountain of salt would be if you have to unlock each ship in the line. Uh, trade exploration combat in order to take in order to take good time to be forced to get to know each ship. So you couldn't just jump straight to the anaconda. You'd have to go off and what, have an induction session or something. Well, you'd, you'd have to how work your way you, up to the anaconda. How would you oh. measure it though? Because how would you measure? How would you say what's what's an exploration in anaconda, for example? How far do you have to go? I guess I, I would. I guess the way I'd probably do it would be a bit like Warcraft, or I don't know about Guild Wars, but a bit like Warcraft's like a skill tree, um, skill tree kind of thing. It's probably so you you have to unlock this and then do something in that, and you you make your way up, and eventually you 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 have an anaconda permit. Um, Sounds you know, terrible. It wouldn't, it wouldn't yep. just be type six, type seven, type nine. It would be well, yeah, because you have to do that in real life. I can't just go out and buy an articulated lorry and drive it on the road just because. No, I but you could at seventeen go off and buy 
some mega thousand dollar Ferrari, or your dad could at 17, couldn't they? Well, some cars, they won't actually let you buy one until you've been on a track day and hadn't mm. been shown to be able to drive it. But yeah. The, and the next one, I think, because we have to finish up, is what I think what the game really needs is a Hollow Me monocle, preferably <laughs> costs $100 in real money in arcs. Yep, absolutely. Novelty hats as well for money. Well, I actually, has a novelty I, hat. I have an idea for terrible, terrible um, salt inducing. Uh, innovation. So in, I think it's Black Desert Online, um, the, the the cosmetics are all purchasable. So your outfits are cosmetic and you, and you have to buy them with real money. Um, and that is ostensibly, you know, um, sort of the less, one of the less predatory ways you can monetize an online game. But the, the, the default outfits that you can get just through normal play are horrendous. And the most powerful is a ghillie suit that's entirely made out of foliage. Um, and it makes your character look like a complete berg. And, um, and one thing that Elite has done quite well is that the default skins on the ships that you, that you get for free are, are totally fine. They look, you know, half of my ships are, yeah. are still have the default skin and they look completely fine. Um, so it'd be quite fun to, um, to make the default skins on the ships awful <laughs> like bright sickly yellow green or something um and that you've got to spend real money to get uh, to get paint jobs that aren't horrendous i've just thought of another one you have to buy ammunition with real money <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, uh, one arcs per per round <laughs> <laughs> what's the sing- what's the singular of arcs anyway an r no i think it's one arcs two arcs three arcs four okay he think, arcs, she arcs, I arcs. We sure it arcs. Arco, arcas, arcant. <laughs> Obsidian, arcant. Anyway. <laughs> right. We still have those questions from uh, Commander Squirrely Pez and um, Pessimist Prime on Twitch. Not Twitch. Shall on, we ask Karen if, we're still, if, we've, if we've got time to move on well, to the questions? Or I... I, I we could ask Karen or we could just start wrapping up. I think it's um, better to ask forgiveness and permission, so let's just quickly go through them. I, I want to give these guys some justice because they've done a lot here. We need do squirrely pezzes. We will we do need squirrely for next week. So, okay. yeah. so here's my idea for a salt mine credit problem and increase the danger. Have the Pilots Federation take out take a cut of income as insurance costs. For triple elite pilot, you would take 50% off for a fully engineered ship, 25% off for an unmodified ship, 5% off for a new pilot. Then you'd make the insurance policy adjustable only after ship destruction to avoid abuse. Um, This would lead to a credit laundering. This would possibly lead to credit laundering via carriers. I'm not sure how you get around that. But if you choose a less costly policy, and the Pilots Federation would pay less for the rebuy and engineered modules would only be replaced with full coverage, maybe requiring some kind of material, like materials cost as well to cover the engineered modules. Hope I've got a, a chuckle and some sodium. And that's from Squirrelly Pez in Texas, USA. I actually like that idea. <laughs> I'd quite like to see that in the game. I, I was just thinking... Have- sorry, Sue. 
It's, it's kind of the way Star Citizen works. If you, um, well, it will work when it's, uh, when it's released <laughs> in 2050. Um, but the, the the premise is that if you've paid your insurance, your your rebuy is virtually free. But if you haven't paid your insurance for that month for that ship, you lose mm. the ship. Um, so actually, that, that idea is quite similar to that. I really like the idea of having uh, your your mod your engineered modules. Only you know, you're, you're, rather than being the insurance premium being payable in um, all the the excess being payable in credits than being payable in materials, that's quite fun. I, I quite like that idea as well. Yeah, the maybe not the full material cost, but a percentage of it. Yeah, yeah. What about having a good old fashioned no claims bonus? Ah, oh, yeah, it just incentivizes everyone to be boring, doesn't it? Mm. I say okay. this to somebody with two hundred rebuys. <laughs> I, I'm going with boring rather than careful there. Yeah, you. I don't think I'd go off and... Yeah, but then what you could do, you'd pay extra for modifications, which you would do in cars anyway. So therefore, I don't know, always, always strange, I think, why they don't um, give you benefits for not blowing up. Yeah. I think the real answer to that is because it's a game, not real life. And they do get they do get a bonus in that they haven't spent a load of money on their rebuy. Anyway, what time do we need to be off this? Uh, two, minutes. two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. Cool. Um, so. Unless, of course, there's a bit that you need to do before the end, like I, I think we should. We don't want to the voice Christmas from prices. the heavens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Karen is indeed a heavenly voice. This is very true. Uh, let's do some shout-outs, I think, and yeah. uh, wrap up. <laughs> I thought who's that doing, was you. I thought that was you volunteering there, Shan. <laughs> No, no, I can't no. See the show notes, you, so one of you. You, you do the show notes, Ben. <laughs> okay, right. Well, in that case, then I'll give a shout out to Hudson Orbital Radio, who did a brilliant sketch yesterday uh, with a bunch of the Frontier staffers, and that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, but they normally do their broadcasting on Thursdays from eight thirty British Summer Time at the moment. Grant, do we know if it's going to be a stream on this Thursday? Uh, there should be. Watch their space rather than our space, because if you're watching our space for Hutton stuff, you're doing it wrong. Uh, but you can watch that at tv.forthemug.com, and the audio for that is on radio.forthemug.com. For our lovely commanders who enjoy their CQC action, as we did the other night, and that was that really that was a blast. Uh, you need to fix your joystick, though, Shan, so you can join us. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, and you can go off and you can join in some CQC action by going to discord.me slash elite dangerous cqc so i'll uh, thanks to so many people um God. Uh, okay thanks to karen thanks to alan thanks to cow thanks to norman thanks to simuth thanks to the twitch chat thanks to colin thanks to the xeno bunny thanks to shan thanks to lennon's bunny thanks to Suferine. thanks to bunny. i don't I'm, know if got a bunny uh, uh, thank, oh, thanks to Souverine's cat. Thanks to Grant for rolling his fingers in the air. Thanks especially to Grant for singing last night after Dockers. That was brilliant. <laughs> um, I, I would like to thank my mother, my father, um, you know, for doing things 40-something years ago. Um, all the people that have supported you throughout your creative process. Yeah, all the people who have supported me, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Anyway, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you want to get in touch with the show, then you can email us at info at laveradio.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash laveradio. You can send us a tweet at, at laveradio. We are on our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. 
We have a TeamSpeak server where you can also come out and chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Feel free to get in touch with us if you've got any questions, and we can talk about them in future episodes. We can ignore them. We can do whatever we fancy. We'll probably give you a shout-out, though, because nobody emails us, and we miss it. Um, so Lave Radio is usually recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30, but I don't think we're going to be doing that on this weekend because we're going to be recovering from the, this Tuesday because we're recovering from this weekend. <sighs> Thank you very much again to Shan, to Suv, to Grant, looking at me, staring at me. It just looks like Grant is now staring into my eyes. I'm just going to... Oh, he's looking into your soul, Ben, is what you're saying. I, I'm feeling it right here. <laughs> uh, anyway, until next time, Commanders, fly one safe. Thing. Sorry, one thing. Don't we have a, a Wotherspoon after this? Wotherspoon, do we have you after this? You do. Ooh. We do. And I, and I just have to ask Suvarine one thing. He's got a tuft of hair sticking out the back of his head. Is that a mullet or is that just a different haircut? Me or? Yes, if you turn around, the little tuft of hair at the back. Oh, I see, okay. There's, there's lots of tufts of hair. It, it, it's all, <laughs> it, it's made up of tufts. So, so, so I need to know hair. precisely which one you're referring to, to answer the question. <laughs> anyway. And before Grant goes off and explodes, that's it. And until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, Fly dangerous. Is your life like this? Is that like someone having an orange inserted? Need a safe word. Space can be done. I'm going to see the galaxy. good. Here's a very short Galnet News Digest, 5th of July, 3306. We read the news, of course, because we don't have to. In this Lavecons news... Ice dice, maybe? The 13-minute barrier? And handing over the disc. Ice dice, maybe? (laughs) 
there's been a rare leak from the secretive organization known as Spider-Man Games. Long known as the company that was always just about to deliver the EDRPG rulebooks. And now better known as the company that's always just about to deliver ED battle cards. It's believed that it'll soon become the company that will always be just about to deliver the level up table on a table. The leak revealed new products, the Jupiter Skies RPG and more legendary kingdoms books. But what's really caught the attention of commanders is its so-called ice dice. These molds will allow commanders to make solid ice dice in all of the most popular shapes. The range will not sadly include the Cuba octahedron of the Coriolis starport, but the quest is already on the way to find suitable straplines, including Refresh Your Adventure, Game Nights, Just Got Cooler, and H2 Awesome. The ice dice will, of course, work just like normal dice in Stephen Benedetti's house in Scotland, where the temperature never rises above freezing. More creative commanders are already investigating the possibility that they might be able to make cheese dice using the moulds, but that would be very silly indeed. The 13-Minute Barrier The Buckyball Racing Club is right now hosting a carefully organised racing event to coincide with the Lavecon called The Rush Job. It involves leaving Lave Station, docking at four platforms in neighbouring systems and making it back to Lave before Alan Stroud has finished his introductory remarks. As we wrote this bulletin, Commanders Darplata94 and Shea Blackwood were jointly in the lead on 13 minutes and 6 seconds. Intriguingly, one was flying an Imperial Courier and the other was flying a Viper Mark III. Are these ships really so evenly matched? And will anyone be able to beat the 13-minute barrier? We have until midnight to find out. Handing over the disc. As this weekend of telepresence draws to a close, we look back on some of what has happened. Commander Bapster ran a retro gaming stream, during which Bapster Jr. proved that he could out-Bapster Bapster. A Marine invaded the elite dangerous role-playing game and violently and with much swearing, such as Limey flipping heck and heavens above, dispatched an innocent giant spider with a knife and a rusty pair of scissors. The old codgers of Lave Radio held a cosy fireside chat with cocoa and blankets over their laps to keep them warm. They chewed the fat over Animal Crossing, itch.io, and how the old days were the best days. Meanwhile, many commanders, including Josh Perry, David Torrens, David Campbell, Russell Pitcher, Gareth Smith, James McAndrew Smith, and Steve Giller, completed a virtual 10k run in aid of special effect. It turns out that unlike Lavecon, this virtual event actually involves going outside and running about. So it's not all that virtual. Hutton Orbital News featured not only Daffid from Spider-Man Games, but also a Dav of many disguises, a Dom of very many hats, and a Stephen of Arctic apparel. And for the first time ever, the docudrama Dockers contained not one swear word. Except for that Amelia Hawke. She's a complete potty mouth. As the virtual stage gets cleared for the virtual raffle, the LaveCon organizers are puzzling over how to hand over the mechanical disk drive full of pictures that was the motivation for the very first LaveCon all those years ago. They might just have to learn about cloud storage and how to share a link. And that's this week's... No, that's this 
this year's virtual LaveCon news. So, LaveCon news, we read the news so you don't have to. <laughs>